I'm Alex Melleris. And I'm Tai Fu. So so okay. So little is happening in, at this juncture in the offseason, even with the World Juniors, that I actually I I like 45 minutes before we started recording te- texted you in a panic saying, "Are we recording today?" because it had just completely slipped my mind that we might even. And for some reason, if it I thought that if it slipped my mind, then it must have slipped your mind as well, but it didn't because you replied to my all caps text calmly with uh indeed <laughs> that's right um you know i even had a, had a trivia prepared for later this episode so you know content the content keeps on coming but yeah it is a, a dry spell to say the least uh there is no hockey news to speak of you go on any news site there ain't shit that's new in the last you know two weeks uh and yeah every hockey podcast i've listened to is either on break or uh is talking about how little content there is so you know we're all in the same boat. Um, so yeah, nothing though, because That's true. We must we must first say that uh, the results of the poll are in, and Tragic. I won by sixty uh, with sixty four percent of the votes on best social media team. You did do and that. this to me was not a surprise. Ugh. Was it? Um, yeah, I think I think it's fair to say I uh, did, did a classic first pick bungle. YouTube was way was the way to go. Uh, and I and I deeply regret that choice, uh, in hindsight. Well, maybe you'll learn from that mistake when. Uh, I'm sure, I will. You you draft social medias again in the future. Yeah, this I will never make the same mistake twice. Next time around, I will definitely select YouTube, um, as <laughs> as a normal thing to do. So yeah, that's a, that's a tough. I feel like I've I've lost a string. Well, because I had the first overall pick, so I'm on a bit of a slide here. Um, you know, you lost like I, two in a row. That's yeah. nothing. Well, you know, the standards are high for me. Uh, so two in a row, it's a losing streak. It's officially a streak and, uh, yeah, gotta, gotta get it together in a few weeks. Whenever the next draft happens to be, uh, I will hopefully, um, not make dumb selections, but some more draft prep. I'm going to spend hours on end combing through the different, I don't know, <laughs> forms of mail. And it's going to be great. <laughs> Proton mail. It's unencrypted. <laughs> what? I I don't I don't even know what that is. So it's... Proton, it's like the main like secure mail or whatever, but it's I've tried using it, but it's yeah. I don't know, it's not easy, so I stopped. Alright, I take uh, paper. That'll be my first pick. Um there was sneak peek. <laughs> Pen and paper. There we go. It stinks. Um, okay. I, I yeah. will, I will select word of mouth as the best social media. <laughs> Why'd you do this last week? <laughs> I was like having a normal conversation with a good friend. Wow. So face awesome. to face. Mm. Yeah. You would have gotten a hundred like percent in the, the old days. Yeah. If you had thought of that. Like in my day. <laughs> you thought of this seven days ago. I wouldn't, I, I would have been forced to vote for you. I would have been over. I would have been over. Yeah, well. Uh, well, there we go. You still won anyways, even without word of mouth. Um, that'll teach me. Do some better prep. Uh, yeah. So, All right, where do you want to start with this one? Uh, well, I guess, I don't know. Sucks to start with an injury, so let's let's do something else. Um, signings for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci. Both, uh, we were wondering if they were going to come back. Um, and then it, word came out, I think a while, a couple of weeks ago where they're like, Oh, they're coming back. Like deals are just kind of getting worked on. Um, and, uh, the details are out. They are bargains. Bergeron at what? Two and a half mil. 
uh, plus another two and a half million dollars in, in, a, in a, like a ten games played bonus, and uh, Krejci at one million base, and then uh, I think like two million dollars in bonuses for for games played and making the playoffs and whatnot. Um, so yeah, they're 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 getting their basically their one and two C um, lockdown veteran dudes, obviously. And I mean, one of them just won the Selkie uh, for uh, like what six million dollars max. Team friendly deal, to say the least. Yeah, Patrice Bergeron. I think, like, aside from ELCs, this is probably going to be the best value contract in the entire league next year. Like, he's 36 and he's coming off probably, like, honestly, maybe the best season of his career and, like, on par with all of them, at least for sure. And the benefit of the performance bonuses, even though, you know, they're obviously going to be met is that like Boston is so close to the cap. They're actually projected over the cap right now. So they, I guess have a little work to do. Um, but the idea is if you go over the cap with money from performance bonuses, then that just goes into next year's cap and in the form of an overage. So they are pretty much just kicking the cap can down the road because Bergeron and Krejci are pretty much certainly going to meet those bonuses and if you're already up, like, you know, basically at the cap anyway, then now you're talking about uh, losing four and a half million off next year's cap. So in a way, this is an all-in year for the Bruins. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially, you know, considering the age of the, of the team, uh, with these two in particular. Um, yeah, this is really a, a window-extending move. Uh, and yeah, I don't... Have we really seen... I know, like, bonus overages are pretty common uh, nowadays, especially with a flat cap. But this feels like a particularly explicit... Um, kind of like I don't know about loophole, but just like you know, using next year's cap, uh, to to pay for <laughs> to pay for this year's team. Um, so yeah, that's a, like a creative cap thing. I think Boston's kind of uh, there. May be some other examples that don't come to mind. Um, but uh, yeah, this is certainly with this structure. Uh, it's not. It's not it, part of it is insurance. You know, in case they get injured, I guess you know you save some cap space. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the bigger part of it is uh, you you get some added cap flexibility. So, you know, the fact that they even agreed to that, uh, you know, like these bonuses that they may not get if they do get injured, um, just goes to show how much, you know, both like money, but also, you know, risk that Bergeron and Krejci have uh, exposed themselves to. And they've made plenty of money and they're not after chasing the bag because they could have made like a shit ton more if they wanted to. Easily, especially Bergeron. It's not just the fact that like he may not get the bonuses, which he probably will. It's that even if he does get the bonuses, he's making incredibly below market value. Probably making half his market value. You know, there's we're absolutely would have been teams willing to give him like a ten million AAV for more than one year. And I was I'm thinking like, is it weird that we haven't seen this type of move by teams who want to go all in more often? Where like you find a really good thirty six year old say hey we'll give you league min with like a six million dollar performance bonus if you play two games or whatever uh and then you know you save a bunch on the cap this year and you pay the price next year and i mean i you would need a very specific set of circumstances for that to be smart because you would have to be a team that's trying to go all in this year and knows that you probably won't be at that level the year after that you know that happens from time to time um but, you know, with, with Boston, it's obviously these are great moves. We were talking about how incredibly, you know, bargain bin they are. But, you know, being that close to the cap, uh, 
and being it unclear if they're going to clear more space, how they're going to clear more space, it's it still could kind of you know come back to bite them a year from now. Yeah, it could, but I think you know with this, given the the, the age that they're at, uh, like if these two hadn't come back, this roster I think was in was in trouble. Um, it would be in a yeah. weird kind of limbo, right? Like uh, you know, they wouldn't be a bad team, but it certainly wouldn't be you know they wouldn't be out there competing with the other three Atlantic teams. Um, so you know, all in right now, I think it's 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 a fine move. I think with, with bonuses, um, there are certain rules that restrict. Uh, like there's there's a certain amount of cap space you can spend on bonuses. You can't spend more, and then the contract situation. Uh, there's there's some sort of condition attached. Uh, but you know, Boston took full advantage. Uh, this this everything kind of lined up this time around. Uh, and yeah, something definitely to look for moving forward. Uh, with these cap strap teams, considering there are so many of them. Um, but yeah, I, the 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 borrowing from next year's cap, and it's gonna be like quite a bit. Like yeah, it's gonna be flat next year too, and and you're taking away what. Like five million dollars, what two and a half, like four and a half million dollars. Um, that's quite a bit, but you know, this is this is like the last run with this core. Uh, that's there's no problem with that. Unless you clear more space uh, before the start of the season, which I think, I mean, you know, it's it's harder to clear space than ever before these days. But the the one that really I think sticks out. Is that Hampus Lindholm contract does not look smart, and it hasn't even kicked in yet until the fall. Uh, when we we kind of we roasted at the time, we said the trade's okay. Sure, you give up a you know first round pick, I guess you're a playoff team. Um, but giving eight by six and a half to him, he's 28 years old, probably not well advised. And even the player itself to allocate your futures for someone to assign what was already a position of great strength was probably not the wisest thing to do. And now all of a sudden you have, you know, six and a half million AAV wrapped up in this player when your defenseman without him, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Brandon Carlo, Mike Riley was doing excellently as a top four. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, you know, when you, when you look in, in retrospect, uh, that one, th- those kind of contracts hurt. Uh, so yeah, the, you, you could, they could, you're absolutely right. Th- this defense could absolutely roll without Hampton. They did it all last season, right? Before they acquired him. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was always just a, a bit of a strange one, especially considering, you know, the caliber of player Lindholm is at his age. Uh, it, yeah, roster-wise, I guess they, you know, this is a, a classic case of a GM just kind of falling in love with a player, and uh, they put themselves in a pickle. I'm sure they'd love to find a taker for Charlie Coyle. It is five and a quarter million AAV for the next four years. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you said it, right? It's It's... It's harder than ever to move that cap space. Yeah. Um, so, you know, look, look, I mean, look at the fucking Golden Knights, right? They, they, <laughs> Max Batch ready for free um, and shit like that. And he was uh, at $7 million and Coil's only at $2 million less. Um, you're going to have to give up a fortune. Plus, there just aren't that many trading partners uh, to, to work with right now. So, yeah, it is certainly a pickle. I don't think they're going to clear cap. I think they're happy to roll forward with this, uh, especially given the cost of, of shedding cap space right now. And, uh yeah, I think this will this will be the team, and I mean, you just look at the sheer number of UFAs they have next year. I think it's like four forwards signed. Um, their defense is, is locked up basically, but uh, I think there's going to be some significant turnover coming in. That is very true. Yeah, pa- Pasternak's the big one because I do. I don't. I feel like it was like two days early in the summer. Was people talking? Oh, Pasternak, he doesn't want to come back. He doesn't want to sign an extension. He wants to test the open market. And that talk quieted down 
very quickly, but uh, obviously he has not signed an extension yet. So that's a that's a big question mark for their future. Yeah. I oh my goodness, could you imagine if he reached like there's nothing stopping him from you know reaching unrestricted free agency right now? Uh, if he gets there at age 27, that would be that would be so fucking fun. <laughs> It's it's. I do know though if that happens and if he you know gets a big payday. Remember that quote from a few years ago? I think like right after he signed the deal, and people were like, "Oh, it's a it's a bargain or whatever." And he was like, "I play for the love of the game. I would do it for free or whatever." Oh yeah, kind of like, yeah. Remember that? I do remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which you know, noble sentiment. Obviously not completely true. Which is fine. You know, no one in the NHL does it for free. Also, I think it is not allowed. So that's something. But uh, yeah, obviously, you know, you never uh, criticize a player for, you know, going to hit it big on the open market. But you, especially if he leaves Boston, I think there are, there's going to be maybe not quite a Tavares level, but a similar reaction. Trader, you said you stay here forever because you love it and you don't care about money, but you're just super greedy. Was that, was that supposed to be a Boston accent? <laughs> No, no, that wasn't a Boston <laughs> accent. That was, that, was a, that was a whiny baby accent. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, that, that would just add to the entertainment for me. Um, for and, sure. And yeah, so I'm on board with that. Uh, I, I wonder if, you know, I, I heard they were close, right? They're both like Czech. So him and him and Krejci, um, now that he's back on the team, hopefully he doesn't swing the needle. Uh, so we get a round of David Pasternak as a UFA, but you know, like, then we hear like rumblings. He's like kind of unhappy, at least about the crazy situation that they bring him, didn't bring him back and all that. So but now they did bring him back. So is yeah. he happy now? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I hope it doesn't move the needle. You know, I hope he stays unhappy, leaves Boston <laughs> and we had the, the best time of our lives. And goes to Ottawa. <laughs> yes. Another s- send summer, Dorian summer. I'm here for it. Yeah. Give it to me. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, on, I th- honestly, I think the confirmation that Bergeron and Krejci are both back. Even okay, wait. Let's recap all these Bruins injuries to start the year. Marshand out for a while. McAvoy out for a while. Grizzlick out for a while. And uh, probably like months into the year for potentially all of them. With even with that, I still kind of like. I wouldn't be surprised if this team finishes in like second in the Atlantic division because I've, I've, we know Toronto. I don't trust the goaltending as very well documented. I think Florida took significant steps back this summer, mainly from uh, the Kachuk Huberto Uyghur trade, especially the loss of Uyghur on defense. And I think there's an opening there for Boston, obviously mostly assuming they have a healthy lineup from a certain point forward. I look at their, to 12 6 and 2 and I think it stacks up quite favorably to Florida and Toronto. Yeah, I think I think it'll be competitive for sure. Um it'll be rough going the the, the first few months, but you're right, especially oh my goodness. If they didn't have Bergeron or Krejci, um that, w- that would have been a train wreck of a roster. Um but now that they're on board, uh it it should be it should at least be able to well, what's it, you know, like hold on for dear life, stay afloat uh for a few months and then once they get back, there should be a bona fide you know, contender in the Atlantic. And then, uh, you know, hey, we'll, we'll see if they can really put it together to become a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, but but certainly in that fight for that division. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. Like no no team in that top three because they're so cap-strapped 
uh, really kind of took a major step forward. So with Boston, if they can also tread water in terms of their roster talent, I, I mean, they were able to fight it out this year. So I don't see why not this one uh, coming up. I think Boston is going to be the one team out of those four that actually improved this summer because they brought back David Krejci. He was gone all last sure. season, and and Eric Halla was two C, and he you know did as well as about as well as you can expect Eric Halla to do. Um, they bring back Krejci, definitely still a second line center, and they, in my opinion, upgrade Eric Halla to Pavel Zaka, who's you know younger and better. So uh, I think Boston on paper is better. Plus, you can probably expect Jeremy Swayman to to improve upon his rookie season. Right. I think I think the issue is uh, aside from the, there there just aren't that many uh, young players uh, that take that step forward. Meanwhile, you you have teams like you know maybe Toronto, um, maybe Florida that are a bit younger at least, and so you know there's room for internal development, not just like the external acquisitions that you get. Um, but you know on that front, Boston certainly hasn't uh, hasn't lagged. So yeah, they should be competitive. Um, I'm not projecting. You know, I think second is high. I think they'll, they'll finish third, uh, a good third, a close third. Um, and this roster still, still good, especially once everybody comes back, uh, if that happens. Sure, you think Boston's going to be competitive, but how about the team with the goaltending tandem of Laurent Brassois and Logan Thompson, the Vegas Golden Knights? They're going to be competitive with Robin Leonard out the entire season after they played him while injured, quite clearly? No. The, the short answer is I don't. Um, but sure, let's let's get into that. Um, you, I mean, that's basically the headline, right? He's out for the year, uh, and yeah, they're they're down bad for goalies. Bruce was injured already, so we don't know when he's going to start. So it's uh, the yes, Logan Thompson, too. the Logan Thompson show. Uh, for now, don't, they might acquire somebody. Uh, but like, what's their cap situation right now? I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, they're they're up there. Um, I'm not Gross. sure what the LTIR situation is, but uh, it's not good. Uh, and yeah. So, you know, aside, and plus there's, there's really nothing on the market uh, in terms of goaltending. A lot of these teams are set in terms of like free agents. What is there? Corey Schneider uh, is out there. If you want him, um, I would stay away personally. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> he, he played a, he played a handful of games last year, right? Logan Thompson did. Um, he was, he was fine. Yeah, he was fine in a yeah. small sample size. Exactly. But now, now he's your bona fide starter heading into the season, barring a trade. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, uh, it's, it's, it's not now that they, especially, you know, they've traded patch away this off season. Um, this is a real step down just every acquisition. It just seems that they're in free fall. Yes. Uh, I had forgotten Bruce, so I was injured too. So right now your starting tandem is Logan Thompson and Michael Hutchinson. Looking at the UFA list, I hadn't realized that Andrew Hammond had signed a PTO with the Panthers. So indeed, the best ones on the list are Corey Schneider and like Gary Garrett Sparks, Harry Sateri. <laughs> I got bad fast. Yeah. Has Has Beck Warm signed anywhere? Let's see. Uh, Beck Warm. Uh, looks like oh, on cap friendly, it says inactive at the NHL level, which usually means he has signed somewhere, like in Ooh. Europe. Okay, a little side tangent here from Vegas. We'll get back to it. Now it's time to scour the internet and find out if Beck Warm is signed anywhere. First by Twitter searching his name I and found see if it. anything comes up. Oh, you did? Where? On the Elite Rochester Americans. No, just on the news. I googled his ass. and uh, He signed to a one-year contract to the Rochester Americans. With the Rochester Americans. 
Um, so <laughs> I, I Twitter searched Meg Warm, and and on August 11th, someone named at Sayerpa quote tweeted Vegas's announcement that Robin yeah. Leonard's expected to miss the entire season and said, "Good luck, Vegas. <laughs> I suggest Beck Warm. If anything, that's a great name." <laughs> We stand. We stand. You know what? That's that's great. Yes. That that guy's been that guy's been keeping track because you know Beck Warm isn't in any headlines. He's not even on Cap Friendly, uh, really as a UFA, right? So I don't know where he saw the name Beck Warm, but uh, sounds like he's a stand, just like us. So excellent. We, we love take. to see that. Um, good shit. Good shit. Absolutely. Vegas should listen. Um, and uh, try to acquire his rights from I guess the Sabers. Uh, well, it's an AHL contract. Sabers don't have his not rights sure if he that. signs an AHL contract. Well, there you go. So he's. Out, he's up for the taking. Do it, Vegas. Um, you're you're down bad for goalies, anyways. Uh, so that's the back warm update of the of the month, I guess. He is uh, gonna play in Rochester, <laughs> so good for him. And still at the AHL level, Atta boy. All right. Anyway, so on this Vegas goaltending situation, obviously it's, it's a total disaster for them, nightmare scenario, and you got to imagine that some teams are calling them asking tremendous prices for their backup goalies and obviously from the Montreal perspective because Jake Allen has been in the rumor mill at certain points although it's clear that Montreal doesn't you know they're not shopping him or anything that like that they really like him but also he's 32 years old going into the last year of his deal you are probably going to finish near the bottom of the standings again this year and Vegas is so desperate for a goalie. When are you going to get a better haul than right now if you trade him to Vegas and you go with your Carey Price, Sam Montombo tandem and ride them to 27th in the league? Yeah, 100%. This is the time. I mean, I think Jake Allen still has some, like, uh, what, equity, trade equity in this league. Um, for sure. So, yeah, ship him off. I mean, what's the plan here? You're going to let him walk in UFA? And that's it. You lose the asset for nothing. Makes no sense. You're a team that stinks. Rebuilding. So uh, yeah, ship them out to Vegas if you're if you're Kent Hughes. Um, that's a that's a good move. And uh, yeah, otherwise there's really for Vegas, man. It's like yeah, even the trade market's pretty barren. Um, you talk about getting extorted. That's certainly gonna happen uh, sometime soon. And uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine they're gonna acquire a very good goalie, but they're gonna be paying through the nose for it. Do you think, um, I'm trying to see if there's any like bad money on Vegas because, you know, if they're taking Allen, then, you know, another team, Montreal would have to take something back because of how close they are to the cap. So let's see. Say it's Jake Allen retained half for Brett Howden. Do you think you could get Vegas to give up a first round pick for Jake Allen? A first round pick? I think you could do it. I like. I think you could do it. You could do it because there's there's, Jake thing is, there's He's good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He has starter experience, like pretty recently, and he was fine um, in St. Louis. Even though he lost the job, but like well, whatever. Um, yeah. Why? And he has starter experience in Montreal. And yeah, there's there's nothing else. What are you gonna do? Pay, like pay a third to get fucking James Reimer? Like that's not gonna do anything. Your team, you that, would, that would be so much. That would be way smarter than a first for Jake Allen to be there. <laughs> True, but no matter what, like I mean, like if they want to feel the best team they can because they think they can compete, uh, you want to get the best goalie out there. I mean, James Reimer's not the way. 
might be the smarter way, but you know, if you're paying for Jake Allen, I can see it happening, is what I'm saying. The other name that was thrown out was John Gibson, which would be by far the dumbest of them all. <laughs> um, you, you know, we've I feel like we've talked, you know, a disproportionate amount about John Gibson this summer. I agree. Just for the fact that he's, you know, we, you know, he's overpaid, signed for too long, hasn't been good in three years. Uh, and Vegas, you know, going after goalies, Jake Allen, James Reimer, near the top of the smart and reasonable intersection. And John Gibson would be uh, a catastrophe in the making. Ugh, it would be so funny. Um, but yeah, this, yeah, like this, in terms of contention for this team, oh, that is a, this is a rough looking path right now. Um, like cap, their roster is kind of falling off a cliff. You know, you lose Pacioretty. Um, and it just looks, it's it's old. Dude, it's a very old roster. So, like, there's no, I doubt there's going to be much uh, internal development other than, you know, Jack Eichel maybe getting better because he's used to the team and system. Um, aside from, wait, didn't they hire Bruce Cassidy? That's not that's not a bad move. Yep. So, that, that, that's an upgrade for you. It's a good move. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But, but aside from that, you know, it is an old defense, an old forward core. So, yeah, it's it, it's troubling. I can see them slipping just based on their age curve, let alone losing the talent that they shipped out and having like no goaltending right now. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they miss the playoffs again, man. This this might turn out badly, especially considering the vibes. I kind of do. You think it would be incorrect to point to the Petrangelo signing as the moment it went wrong, even though we didn't know it at the time? I feel like that's the moment they finally bit off more than they can can could chew in terms mm-hmm. of you know bringing in their shiny new toys because, you know, they had got Pacioretty and Stone and things were going great. And, you know, Shea Theodore had grown into a number one defenseman and, you know, like Martinez, McNabb, the, Nate Schmidt at the time who were around them were like, you know, they had a common defense. Kind of similar to what we were talking about with Hampus Lindholm. It's like if your defense is gelling and working well together and getting the job done, there's there's no need to go pay almost $9 million AAV for a big name who's 30 years old. Yeah, I think uh, it was a win-now move for a team that, given how good they were to, to begin, could have, you know, really tried to, to open that window wide. Um, but you really yeah. kind of, you mortgage the future by with, with just by sheer cap space. Um, and, and yeah, he's just eating so much cap space right now. And he's like not, he's not worth $8.8 million. He's, well, you know, he's 32 years old. So yeah, you, 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 they shift effectively shorten their window. In order to really go all in, when they, I don't think they needed to. Their team wasn't aging out then. Um, so yeah, and then what? What that's led to is obviously you know the the, the myriad of transactions that have kind of gone poorly. Yep, uh, but they still got the misfits line together after all this. They're never going anywhere. <laughs> we love to see it now. Now thirty one years old for two thirds of them. So yeah, that's that's lovely. Yeah. Getting paid. That is kind of crazy. Yeah, that they were like quite young. Uh, Vegas's inception five years ago. They were yeah. S twenty six, twenty six, and twenty four. That's right. Now, now they're they're bona fide old, and uh, you know it's an expensive well, line. Not, too, not right? old. They're uh, tail end of prime. It's the the age curve will hit any time, any second now for for one at a time. Um, and uh, yeah, for especially for for newly signed Riley Smith. Yeah, that line is now making fifteen point nine million dollars. Um, for the uh, foreseeable future. I don't like that either. <laughs> Wait, I want to go. See, I want to see how, what their cap hit was in Vegas's first year. Uh, yeah, William Carlson's cap hit was a million bucks in the seventeen eighteen season. Marsha So, 
I I think that he was like he was you know making a payday at that point. No, not yet. That came after seventeen. He was making seven fifty k. Jonathan Marshall. So oh my goodness in that first season, yeah. and uh, Riley Smith. He's I like think he's five, the one. Yeah, yeah, he was the one. Yeah. yeah, he was five million. He was the Ford was like take this bad deal. Uh, so that line altogether was making under seven million bucks in that first year, and I know for a fact that that was part of the shine. And now that they're making more or less what they're worth, it's kind of like, eh, we got a slightly overpaid second line. Right. And there's there's no like there's no shiny line like that in terms of value on this team anymore. Right. There's like there there's there I don't think there's like that much in terms of outrageous deadweight contracts. It's just that there's no real value uh cap yeah. wise. And you know, there's there's a bunch of adequately compensated players. Um, but what that, what that <laughs> leads to is like, you know, you're, you're out of cap space and you got to give up max match ready for free. Um, yeah, that's, I, I think that's it. There's nothing outrageous here. It's just, I no called Chandler bond. Stevenson a bargain on his deal, but that's about it. Yeah, sure. Fair. You know, first liner. Well, he's probably gonna put on the first line this year at uh, under $3 million. Sure. I'll hand you that. But, uh, yeah, that, that really is the issue though. There's, there's no, like, there's no real, what entry level contract. Other than like uh, Jake Lissishan just signed a new contract and he's not very good, and that's that's it. Everybody else is making at least like what one point four million dollars. Um, him and Ben Hutton. Okay, I was so confused because I was looking at like now Vegas's prospects and Brendan Brisson is very promising. Um, for reasons I couldn't figure out, and it seems like a lot of people really couldn't figure out. There was some kind of joke going around twitter that like brendan brisson died when he definitely didn't what and (laughs) i know i and it was like it's not like it exploded out of proportion or anything like people were getting tricked it was never to the point where people actually were tricked by it because like the tweets were all like very jokey and normally when something weird like some weird trend or like this is like a next level weird but i was poking around like where did this start and i couldn't figure it out i was like where's the sort and every Everywhere was like people going like, "What's this joke? Where did it come from?" And like, and be, the, no one was answering. So, so yeah, that, that was very strange. Yeah, still, still, uh, still haven't figured it out, eh? I, I just Twitter searched him. Um, first, first, first tweet is Brendan Brisson. Brendan Brisson is dead. That's in quotation marks. Colon fake lame. Uh, in quotes. Brendan Brisson is a collective. Collective figment of our imagination and never existed. End quote. Real, woke, transformational. I don't. I don't even know what to make of this. Um, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what the hell? This is like weird. It's like, and you're dealing with like your fake dead people. I, it's very strange. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very strange indeed. Um, there's Bris- yeah, but I wasn't okay. I was about to make an accidental segue that you probably thought was going to be intentional, but it wasn't. But I'll make it anyway, which was, is Brendan Brisson playing in the World Juniors? Oh, ayo. I have no idea. Ayo. Um, I also have no see. idea. Uh, no, he's 2001. So okay. so he wasn't even playing hockey when this arose. Just, just a random bit with a random prospect on the Vegas Insane. Golden Knights unhinged okay so the world juniors they're happening um believe it or not i don't know if you noticed because most people haven't 
Uh, I think it was might have been Stephen Ellis who was posting pictures from the game. I don't know if he's still doing it, but he was actually like counting how many people were in the arena, especially for the non-Canada games. I believe it was an Austria-Germany game in the round robin, of course, because the round robin isn't over yet. He said, I've counted 12 people in the stands in Edmonton. The game was like about to begin. 12 people in the entire several thousand person fitting arena. Um, and so that there are several reasons, I think, why this World Juniors has been, you know, the way it is. Reason number one, obviously, it's in August. And people aren't used to watching hockey at this time. It's the middle of the summer, all that stuff. Reason number two, the Hockey Canada scandal has absolutely made many people less interested in watching this tournament and in, you know, watching Team Canada and cheering them on, obviously. Reason number three, Russia is not in the tournament. After, you know, the IHF banned Russian and Belarusian teams from participating in their events for till I don't remember if there was a certain amount of time, but so Russia is not in there. So we're down from five contenders to four, and that makes the whole thing feel a little more fake. Uh, plus, another fourth factor, and I, does, I do think played play into it, is because I was expecting when I was like, our tournament rescheduled till August, it was like, well, it sucks the first one had to be canceled. But at least in the summer, you know, we might get to get, you know, higher talent. Like there was in the 2013 tournament in the lockout. So there were a bunch of NHL players at the tournament, like, Ryan Eugene Hopkins, Jonathan Huberdeau, Neil Yakupov, other players who would have been in the NHL were at that tournament. And so it was, you know, very high level. And I thought, same thing's going to happen here. But instead, we've had the opposite effect, where not only do we have NHL players who are saying, you know, I'm not going because I'm preparing for training camp. You have players who are like, I want to try to make an NHL team, so I'm preparing for training camp, so I'm not going to go. Plus, players who are like, it's the offseason. I don't want to go. I want to rest. Plus, you have Leon Bichel, who was just drafted by Dallas in the first round, who would have been by far the best player on Team Switzerland, who is coming off uh, a particularly long season for one reason or another. Maybe his team had a deep playoff run. And so his agent asked Team Switzerland uh, if he could only play in like one of the pre-tournament games instead of like three. And Team Switzerland was like, nope, not making any special treatment. And so they negotiated and the agent was like, oh, come on. And then the team cut him. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so who would have absolutely been the Swiss is only like, you know, uh, name recognizable by the somewhat above average hockey fan. Uh, not there. So those are, I think, four big factors that contribute to the dud that this tournament has been. Yeah, dud is absolutely right. I have, uh, I'm not ashamed to say I have not been following. Um you know, the, the most I do is I read some headlines, I look at what's on Twitter, and then I Googled it five minutes before we started recording World Juniors uh, and saw that Latvia had won a game. Uh, good shit for them. Congratulations. Seems like that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, but yeah, those, those four factors, absolutely. They just combined to make uh, an absolute, absolutely lame event that is not worth the draw in Edmonton, which like, wow, people... <laughs> People, you know, it's it's not it's not a particularly big city, Edmonton is, and uh, so yeah, you have an event like this, people still aren't showing up. Um, that says a lot, uh, but I mean, why would you? It's you, it's perfectly understandable. Uh, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like they're just kind of going through the motions now. The top tier talent isn't there; it's just 
okay, let's crown a winner. Figure this one out. Yeah. On the other hand, though, you do have players like Mason McTavish, who is probably going to be in the NHL with the Ducks this year, who apparently was like, no, I got to go back. I got to try to win the gold or whatever. Um, but it does say something when, like, Canada's first game of this tournament against Laffy in the pregame show, they start by talking about how, like, Owen Power and Caden Gooley and Shane Wright are all not there. <laughs> yeah, it's always a bad sign when the absentees are the, the first thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not a great look. You know what team really got hit hard was Slovakia, who's missing Yaroslavkovsky, yeah. Simon Nemitz, Philip Mashar, who were all you know the three Slovak first round picks, mm-hmm. and Martin Kromiak, who was uh, an LA draft pick, who's been very good in I think the Quebec Major Junior League. Uh, they're missing all of them, and they're left with uh, Adam Shakora, who was a Rangers second round pick this year. But uh, yeah, they have absolutely been hit the hardest by this. Uh, you know, lack of or whatever players not feeling like coming because I was I was watching the first game of the tournament was Slovakia versus Czechia and I was like, man, I wish like Slavkovsky and Nemec were here. It'd be so much more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the talent pool is lesser, uh, and yeah, so just it feels fake. There's no like it doesn't feel like the real you know it doesn't feel like real stakes. A lot of the players have opted out. Uh, there's just there's no hype, and uh, yeah, going through the motions is exactly right because it's like. Okay, there's there's technically a winner. Does anybody really care? Well, I'm sure the team that'll win will be real happy about it. Um, but outside of outside of the teams involved, the players themselves, um, I find it hard to you know convince myself or see anybody else really kind of being invested in this uh, collection of players who are not at an NHL training camp. <laughs> I'm pulling for Latvia to win the bronze medal. Go Latvia! That's our team. The reason I now. the reason I say. The reason I say bronze is because I try. I'm realistic, you know. Of course. I obviously know. Yeah, Lavia. They they can make the gold medal game. Bronze, it's gonna happen. Wait and see. Okay. Your hot take of the week. Uh, we're now Lavia yeah. stands. Good shit. Yeah, go team Lavia. Honestly, yeah, not- you mentioned you saw they won their first yeah. game ever at this tournament. They beat the Czechs five to two, and there was a player who did an interview after the game. I don't remember who. I could probably find it. Um, but, uh, I think it was one of the alternate captains who was talking about like, oh yeah, we're great. We're like, uh, we're like a family. They our captain. Come over here. He did a great job today. Our goalie all oh, come over here. Join me. Did a great job today. You, that, one of those fun, one funny line in the interview that was like, uh, we're really like a family here. We've known each other for more than a month. And, and like, it wasn't meant to be a joke, but I thought it was funny anyway. <laughs> well, there we go. That's, that's a wholesome moment. There's, there's nothing to hate about it. And, yeah, I think, honestly, now that I've thought about it, this is the only way to generate as much hype as possible. And uh, this is the max hype you can extract from this tournament is if Latvia wins a medal. Agreed. So that's For sure. the ceiling. Or, or makes it far, you yep. know, which I guess would be to the, to the medal. So I'm looking right now at uh, the group standings. So Group A... Uh, we got Canada and Finland who are playing right now, and it is currently 5-2 Canada in the third period. So it's looking like Canada's going to go 4-0, win the group, Finland in second place. And then we actually have Latvia in third uh, with four points after one win and one overtime loss uh, and two regulation losses. The Czechs have the identi- have an identical record, but since they lost the game to Latvia, that's a tiebreaker. So the Czechs are in fourth. 
and Slovakia is in fifth in the group, uh, having one overtime win, which I believe was over Latvia, and three regulation losses. So th- there's no uh, relegation this year, but Slovakia, and it's looking like on the other side of things, yeah, Austria is the one who's not making it to the medal round. Meanwhile, we have uh, USA first, Sweden, assuming they beat Germany tonight, in second, then Germany in third, and Switzerland in fourth. So, here are, barring a Germany upset of Sweden, what the quarterfinal matchups will be. We'll have Canada versus Switzerland, Finland versus Germany, Latvia versus Sweden, and Czechia versus the USA. So, it's going to, Latvia isn't tough against the Swedes. Can they do it? Yes. Short answer is yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Will they do it? Probably not, but 2-1. That's my prediction. <laughs> 2-1 overtime. Go Latvia. We're, we're rooting for you. I can't name a single player on the team, uh, but uh, yeah. We watched, We were, or at least we were in the building for two of the players on Team Latvia to get drafted ah. about a month ago. Dan's Locamelis drafted by Boston and Sandis Vilmanis by Florida. We stand. Um, we share a <laughs> special bond with them. <laughs> oh, of course. This is a connection I share with these two players and nobody else at this tournament. Um, that's why I'm a Latvia fan now. Of course. All right. So, uh, last thing I want to talk about before we get to the, the quiz you made for me. Uh, was this excellent Antonio Brown thing from earlier this week? Uh, yeah. So, wait, first of all, can we get some context? Because I'm not, you know, a football fan. So, did he retire? Is that what happened? Yeah. Uh, not not exactly retired. Um, so, he is, uh, you know, he's, he's had his fair share of drama uh, with the teams that he's been on. Whether it's, you know, the Raiders that he mentions in this tweet. Um, I think... You know, like, there there are some trades. The the, the details are very foggy. Um, But, like, at one point, he, like, asked, like, insisted on being released uh, from the team and shit like that. And then the the, the Mm -hmm. last point in his career uh, in in this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, this is not a bottom feeder team, by the way. This is a, you know, this is is a team with Tom Brady. This guy's getting passes from Tom Brady. They're they're very successful. But in the middle of a game, uh, he decides to, uh, what, take off his jersey um, you know, and, and all, he was shirtless and just ran. Uh, he, he alludes to this incident in the tweet, um, but basically he ran out of the stadium and was promptly cut the next day. And uh, that, that, was his, that was his last appearance in the NFL, and that was just this past season. Um, so, yeah, he, he does uh, a fair share of unhinged shit um, is what we've come to expect out of Antonio Brown. Um, but this, this latest statement uh, is uh, my favorite bit of Antonio Brown drama. Honestly, the favorite... My, Favorite thing I've seen on Twitter this summer because uh, I don't think anything has made me laugh quite as hard uh, and as long as this tweet. It still makes me smile when I read it. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I will issue a very minor correction because this wasn't exactly a tweet because ah, the tweet itself right. just says sincerely AB. Correct. And attached to the tweet is a <laughs> photograph. And the left side of the photograph is a big smile on the face of Antonio Brown. You know, picture him with a big smile and a, and a Buccaneers jersey. And the right side is a quote uh, of himself. Okay, so it starts with like big orange quotation mark. It's, it's weird because, because normally you would expect when someone makes a statement that it's just the words. 
and it's obvious <laughs> that you're the one saying it. Yes. Right. Yeah. But this one instead, it just it ends with like you know end quote dash Antonio Brown on his biggest regret, and here's what the actual quote is: Antonio Brown quoting himself about talking about his biggest regret. It says. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jets stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown. Play the game live. <laughs> sure, I can watch the game afterwards. But I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that. Like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. End quote. And that's where it cuts off. This oh. reads like the extended version of a drill tweet. <laughs> This is drill on steroids, man. I don't. I don't think he could ever come up with anything like this. This is <laughs> holy shit. Where do we begin? Well, first of all, I gotta say it, it's poetry. It's poetry in motion. Um, just the the phrasing is beautiful because every you know, like every word hits you like is like a slap in the face. You know, it's, it's a fresh slap in the face. You don't expect any of it coming, right? Uh, and da- down to the fucking last line, like okay. So first of all, I don't, he spends half his quote listing things that are not his biggest regret. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be his biggest regret. Uh, but, you know, he's got the laundry list of things that he's, you know, proud of, I guess. So, you know, I if you were to ask Antonio Brown, these were his top four achievements, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, it's just th- those four things are completely unrelated. You know, I think what? two of them maybe one of them you know like it's ambiguous how many of them actually have to do with football uh and yeah i don't know just throwing rocks at that ups driver just a very funny bit uh and yeah obviously the second half is okay yeah i hope so too i hope you know i hope i hope all the rocks missed um yeah is there anything you want to point out that stuck out to you well i think we could start with the misuse of the word regret (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because <True. laughs> a regret is you know something that like a mistake you made or something you wish you had done or hadn't done there was nothing antonio brown could have done to be able to watch himself live that's just not how that works you know on antonio brown on the thing i'm most sad about you know that'd make more sense which i think maybe you know i say that on the other hand the fact that the word regret was used and so you're expecting the payoff to be something like, here's a mistake I've made in the past. <laughs> and I think I think the fact that the word regret introduced that expectation, yeah. which was then yanked from under us, <laughs> yes. made the reveal that much more rewarding. That it was just, I'll never get to see me, comma, Antonio Brown. <laughs> in case you forgot who's writing this, I'm going to put my own name in here. And in it's case, not... In case you missed the bottom of the quote. <laughs> And he didn't say myself. My, my biggest regret is that I'll never get to see myself. He's out of me. I'll never get to see me play a game live. 
And that, that's immediately followed up with, sure, I can watch the game afterwards. <laughs> I love how he admits that. He's, he really, he's like, I'll add you that. Yeah, I guess I could. Um, but it's not the same. It's not like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks, which, like, as a sentence fragment, is so fucking random. All right? There's just... Okay, the Beatles. I didn't realize this guy was a Beatles fan, but good for him. You know, solid take. Um, and then talking about Jesus perform. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, what did Jesus? What did Jesus perform? I don't think he was a performer. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think he just talked, and I don't think he did it on a stage or anything. And like at this completely arbitrary location, yeah. I don't know if you know that there actually there is quite a famous link between the Beatles and Jesus. Do you know about this? No, I don't. I think it was like 1965. There was a massive controversy, especially in like the southern U.S. states, when John Lennon, John Lennon said in an interview that uh, the Beatles were growing to become more popular than Jesus. Mm. Uh, and so they were like, you know, burning the albums and stuff. And then he had to like make a bunch of apologies. And he was like, oh, that's no, well, I, I never said we were better than Jesus. I just said we were more popular. And he said like, <laughs> he said, like Jesus' dis- disciples are like thick and ordinary. I think that was the <laughs> quote. But uh, yeah, so now Antonio Brown is like, I'm as big as the Beatles and Jesus, and uh, he's wrong. But <laughs> it's not a bad thing. <laughs> you know, he's, but, he's, yeah. clearly, he's not even close. <laughs> but, uh, but it makes for for a, a, a hilarious statement, man. And like at the, at Red Rocks, I love how the two just at Red Rocks. That's how you end the quote. Um, yeah, no conclusion, no conclusion, and uh, just I don't know, just like such a random. Like I, I understand it's a venue, you know, like in the cliffs or whatever the fuck. Um, but wh- why there? Is he like he has a particular attachment to that location? I guess so. Um, yeah, I, I you know I talk about poetry, um, but you know obviously it's a form of comedy, and I don't think a comedy writer could write anything as funny as this. Honestly, I don't think you know, I agree. Like, you know, any comedian has ever made me laugh as hard or have made me appreciate the comedy in a statement as much as you know this this you know, non-tweet has. Uh, and yeah, I it's just it is not it is so rich and like and and dense. You know, like not yeah. a word goes as you said, not a word goes by that doesn't add tremendous value. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Um, it's not a statement. This is a this is a picture. It's a quote. And uh, yeah, not not a word wasted. Every word is 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 so rich. My goodness, it's it's it's, it's art. My God, what writer of our generation, Antonio Brown? Um, yeah. If I had asked you right after this quote came out, if we can call it that, sure. Which personality in the hockey world do you think would be most likely to make a, a parody of the Antonio Brown quote? What would you I, have said? I would have said none of them. Um, I, I, if I tell you it's if I tell you it's one, it's it's gonna be one. But who would you pick? Uh, let's say gritty. Gritty. So <laughs> you you already would have been thinking mascots. No, you're right. I'm biased. That that that, that I guess is biased. But you know, I feel like who would it be, man? Like any any hockey players there? Roberto Luongo. How's that? There Could we go. Have, yeah, that that's, that's a my good, guess. That one makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I also think Ovechkin might might have been a possibility. Um, but the, the answer is the most irrelevant mascot in the <laughs> national hockey league that, that he wild wing of the Anaheim ducks, 
also the most irrelevant team in the National Hockey League at this point. Um, and Wild Wing, the official Twitter account, used the exact same graphic, bottoming it off with Wild Wing on his biggest regret. The same picture with his muscles, and he, and he writes, My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve falling from the rafters or catching on fire or pouring popcorn on opposing fans, and it definitely doesn't involve giving up countless goals to youth hockey players at intermissions of Ducks games. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Wild Wing, perform live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what it's like for you all to see that, like watching Beyonce or Donald Duck or Troy Terry perform at Honda Center. Now I have to say, I respect the uh, the 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 nerve or the creativity to just you know have to just you know try to make a parody, but even with using the exact same layout, this comes nowhere close to the level of humor of the Antonio Brown one. Correct, correct. Despite using the format of the funniest thing I've ever seen, perhaps. Um... Yeah, this it's it's remarkable for just how fucking flat it falls. This is so unfunny. Yeah. It's remarkable. Like I I you couldn't even get a so chuckle or a enough. smile. Was that? It's not. Yeah, that's right. The, the the first the first half it's just wasted space. He wasted my time by making me read the first half of that you know quote. Um, because yeah, it's it's uh what it's just fucking typical mascot shit that isn't funny. It's not entertaining. Falling from the rafters, catching on fire, pouring popcorn on opposing fans. Giving up countless goals to kids. Who cares? Not funny. Boo. <laughs> um, yeah, that's absolutely correct. And so I feel like uh, we didn't plan this. Should we try to re- what, rewrite the Wild Wing press release? Oh, goodness. Make it funny? I don't. I, do I have the brain power for this? Probably not, but I'll give it a try. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. So what would be four funnier regrets for Wild Wing to list? I, I don't know, man. Uh,. Oof, the, the the bar is low, but I don't want to say anything unfunny. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? You know what would have been great if if you started the same way. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve falling from the rafters or catching on fire or pouring popcorn on opposing fans, and it definitely doesn't involve calling Bob Murray a cracker. <laughs> it's already a home run. It's already a fucking home run. <laughs> Uh, there we no. go. <laughs> oh god if they had done that i would have lost it i would have <laughs> fucking lost <laughs> you could have had three mundane as fuck things but if you <laughs> i just ended on that one not to mention you know it obviously draws on the original antonio brown quote exactly that's <laughs> oh. the idea yeah god what a what a what a money idea just just straight money from you. Hats off. It's fantastic. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to retire on that one, I think. Yeah, that's it. I think we don't even need to analyze the second half of this quote. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just, that was it. That was as funny as that was going to get. And uh, yeah, do better. And I'm... Wild wing. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it's it's trivia time. What do you have for me this week? Yeah. So a new format. New format. Pretty basic Ooh. format, though. Uh, it's uh, two truths and one lie. So Ooh. I give you some statements and you try to pick out which one's a lie. I give you three statements. One out of the three is fake. Just one second. I need to count up how many facts I brought with me. Um, so yeah, I have enough for seven questions. 
and the topic is okay. David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron. Ah, there we go. Of course, that's great. So, what's our threshold? Is it? Is that we're doing trying five for seven? Sure, that seems good. All right, All right. let's do it. So, yeah, the, the format's pretty straightforward. Um, okay, so uh, let's let's do this. Um, okay. I, have, I currently, my words, uh, just a behind-the-scenes look, I have a Word document, and I have 14 facts and 7 lies. And that's, so I got I got to put this together on the fly. All right, here we go. Oh, you didn't even link them up yet? No. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, should I? And then uh, I decided not to. So here we are. Um, okay. Our, our first uh, question begins. Let us go. All right. Uh is that Patrice Bergeron has more goals than penalty minutes in the NHL over the course of his career. Um, next we have uh, David Krejci has played parts of 15 seasons with the Bruins. And uh, Ber- Patrice Bergeron has played professional games out there in Switzerland. What do we think? Oh, so, wait, so the last statement was Patrice Bergeron has played games in Switzerland. Yes. Correct. Okay. There, that would have had to have been, I think, during the lockout 2013 year. And I know some players went to Switzerland. I don't remember Bergeron's name being one of them. The first one was he has more goals than penalty minutes in his career. Yep. Uh, oh, I feel like that's close. Um. How many goals on average? I don't. Has he ever even had a forty goal season? Like I, don't, I think he scores around like high twenties most of the time, and penalty minute totals tend to be higher than that. So I'm gonna go with that one's a lie. And Patrice Bergeron has more penalty minutes than goals. Nice, solid start. He's got four hundred and seventy two penalty minutes, uh, only four hundred goals. So it was close. You know that it's closer than I thought. Yeah, actually. absolutely. That's why. That's why I picked it as a lie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, good, good shit. He did, he did go to Switzerland during the lockout. Um, well done. Okay. All right. Let's see. Next up, we'll do a Patrice Bergeron themed question, uh, that he has played parts of 18 seasons with the Bruins. Um, his, uh, legal last name is Bergeron hyphen Cleary. Uh, and, uh, his wife is a noted vegan cookbook author. Whew. All right, no idea about his wife, but that wouldn't surprise me. Bergeron Cleary does not sound familiar at all. Let me count out how many seasons he's played, because I know he was drafted in 2003 and played at least a bit right away. I'm pretty sure. So that's 03-04. Then it was the lockout full year. Then it was 05-06, which is two years. Then 07, 08, I'm counting on my fingers. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So that's 18 seasons. That was your number, right? 18? Yes, 18. All right, so I'm pretty sure that one's true. Uh, and then the cookbook or the or Bergeron Cleary. I think I think Bergeron Cleary is the, I, my, the one hold up. I don't know how you would have come up with that. Uh, but the same, I don't know how you would have come up with the cookbook thing either. So I'm going to go with... The lie is that his last name is Bergeron Cleary. Ah, 
it is Bergeron Cleary, so you're incorrect. That's uh, insane. Boo. Yeah, yeah it's, it, and I think it's his... So what, it's his types, what types of books does his wife write? I, I don't think she's an author. I just... That is full of shit. There's no, there's no part of that that's fact. Um, I just came up with that. I pulled that one out of my ass. So there wow. you go. Yeah. <laughs> good, good thing it was believable enough that you fell for it. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm one for two. Yes. That's. It wasn't that it was believable. It was that Bergeron Cleary is something uh, I've never heard of before in my life. Right. Yeah. Well, it was I want to look it up page. after. So. There you go. Yeah, just hold off on that because uh, I pulled most of these from that same page. All right, here we go. Um, yeah, we'll we'll stick with this. Uh, he has won the Selkie Trophy five times. Um, he scored the Stanley Cup winning goal back in 2011. And uh, let's see, he was the uh, leading point scorer during that same 2011 run. Playoffs. Wait, who are we talking about? Bergeron or Krejci? We're talking about Bergeron. There's just okay. more information the on the lie. Guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the lie here, I'm quite confident in this one. The lie is that he was the point score, the leading point scorer in the 2011 playoffs, because I'm pretty sure that was actually David Krejci. Hold on. Shit. That's uh. <laughs> you just remember that? <laughs> How'd you get that? I just, I just, I remembered like Bruins their deep runs in the early yeah. 2010s. Mm-hmm. I just remember Krejci always having more points than everyone else. Mm. There we go. So, uh, well done. Okay, so we're at two for three. Moving on. Uh, okay. Next one is uh, is a David Krejci-related question. Okay. So, David, David Krejci's first contract was signed by Jeff Gordon as the general manager. Um, David Krejci's Ooh. nickname, given by Jack Edwards, back in 2009, was The Blade Runner. Uh, and uh, David Krejci was paid more than Patrice Bergeron on their last NHL contracts. I know the last one's true. Bergeron's AV was 6.8 something something, and Krejci had 7 point something something for a long time. David Krejci as the Blade Runner sounds familiar. Jeff Gordon, I know he was Bruins GM, but I feel like we talked about this not long ago. I feel like he was only GM for like, I think he was like interim GM for like a few months. And but it was the span of months where like they drafted Marshan and Lucic, and so like he had an incredible like eight month stretch or whatever. So, and I think Krejci joined the Bruins. I want to say like oh, it was like right around that time, but I think it might have been right before. Uh, so so I'm gonna go with that's a lie that Jeff Gordon signed Krejci's deal. It's actually a fact. Um, Jeff Gordon was the general manager for two months. March to May of 2006, and he managed to sign Krejci. Oh, and he signed David Krejci then? Oh. Yeah, that's right. Um, Wait, so, okay, yeah. but he had already been, been drafted, so he didn't, yeah, like, yeah. find the diamond in the rough. Okay. True. Uh, yeah, so, Jack, he did get a nickname from Jack Edwards, but I find that the Blade Runner, which I came up, like, you know, what, like, maybe three hours ago, is an infinitely better nickname than his actual nickname, which was The Matrix, um, which stinks. Because, that was, was David Krejci's nickname. Yes, it was the Matrix. I don't know, because of his skating. But like, you could easily just do Blade Runner, and it makes so much more sense. Um, I just honestly, don't if you had told yeah. me, if you had told me that if one of the hints was like Jack Edwards gave David Krejci the nickname The Matrix, I would have called that the lie, probably. <laughs> right? It's so bad. It's so bad. God damn. Um, but yeah, there's your fun fact of the day. 
And they call him the Matrix back in 2009. Yep. So uh, what are we at? Two for four? I think so. Tough. Okay. All right. Um, let's go back to Patrice Bergeron. Um, hmm, okay, so he's part of the uh, Triple Gold Club, having won the Stanley Cup. Uh, the what was it? The what was the Triple Gold Club again? Let's see. Stanley Cup, Olympic Gold, and World Championship Gold. There we go. That one. Um, uh, next uh, statement. He is the only two-time winner of the Mark Messier Leadership Trophy. Oh, uh, come on. Don't do this to been... me. Do not bring that <laughs> yeah. trophy up again. <laughs> he, was, uh, he has been nominated 11 times for the Selkie. Are you kidding me with this? Oh, come on. How am I supposed yeah. to know if Bergeron was nominated 9 times or 10 times or 11 times or 12 times for the Selkie Trophy? Yeah, well, um, I think this is doable. I think it's a doable question. I my my heart is telling me there's never been a repeat winner of the Messier Trophy. I feel like that was something we made fun of it about how like people are great leaders one year, then they can never rise to that same level again or whatever. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call that one the lie. Oh, he gets it right. However, there has been one repeat winner. I think we had a Mark Messier leadership quiz, right? That was that was the bit. We did. Which is why I had a whiplash when you brought up this trophy again right, right, right. that's why it was so funny that's why when i saw this i was insistent on uh including it in the quiz but actually there was a two-time winner with Sidney crosby uh, and that was that was one of the questions okay. in the previous quiz um but yeah if you had if you had paid attention if you had committed that to memory it would have been a whole lot easier i'm sorry i'm sorry but, uh, I other things on my mind <laughs> you did it anyways good stuff um okay three for five two questions left can you do it um okay all right, uh, next up, Patrice Bergeron was drafted 45th overall in 2003 by the Bruins. Um, he was the cover athlete for the uh, NHL 2019 video game. Uh, and uh, it was revealed after the 2013 playoffs that he played with all of uh, punctured lung, separated shoulder, broken rib, and broken nose. Well, I know he was drafted 45th in 2003. I know he had a punctured lung and stuff in 2013. Can you can you read me that list of ailments again? So yeah, punctured lung, separated shoulder, broken rib, and a broken nose all over the place. Okay. See, are you just... I don't know if you're like... You like threw in broken nose there to like bait me into like... Like that's a lie. Everything else was there, but not the broken nose. That'd be that kind of be a dick move. Not gonna lie, but I know he had tons of injuries, and I also am pretty sure he was on the cover of NHL at a certain point. Whether it was NHL nineteen, no idea. Uh, but I I know that draft pick is correct. I know that's the right year for all those injuries. So I'm going to uh take a leap of faith and say. That's the wrong year for the video game. Well done. And that's a lie. Hey. hey. Ayo. See, you know, when I was compiling these facts and I saw the, the injury one, 
I was like, hmm, I had to also come up with lies, right? So I was like, hmm, should I tweak this? And then it, the exact same thought occurred to me. I would be like, that was that would be the most dickiest of dicky trivia moves. Yeah. Uh, to like <laughs> alter the injury and call it a day. Um, but, uh, you know, I tried to read it and phrase it as if I potentially had meddled with it. You know, just to leave that I did read that one. It made yeah. me think about it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I made the emphasis on all of, you know, just to you know, plant that seed of doubt. But you still put the yeah. last question. If you get this, okay. you win. Make or break. Um, yeah, that's right. Okay, here we go. Uh, David Krejci has a younger brother in the AHL named Daniel Krejci. Um, David Krejci was replaced as assistant captain uh, when he left for the for Czechia by David Pasternak and Brendan Carlo. And uh, Patrice Bergeron has won uh, the Plus Minus Champion uh, Award. It's not a real award anymore, but uh, so to speak. And uh, Krejci has won it twice. That's the only one that feels like a truth to me. I know Krejci's had some great plus minuses over the years. Little brother Daniel Krejci, never heard of that in my life. But I don't think Pasternak and Carlo wore A's for Boston last year. I know Bergeron was the captain. Um, and I think Marshawn, where, uh, where's an A? But on the other, who else? Who else wore an A? Could it have been? I don't think McAvoy did. Could it have been Carlo and Pasternak. I'm trying to, I can't think of anyone else who would have been. Craig's ooh. Craig Smith might have worn an A. That feels, that feels slightly familiar. Oh, oh, this one's tough, because these both feel like lies to me. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, the alternate captain one. I'm going to call that one the lie. Unfortunately, uh, the Daniel Krejci fact was uh, untrue. I see, uh, not real. And, uh, yeah. He just made him up. He's... See, like, I, I thought the name Daniel Krejci was kind of familiar, and it turns out he was just some obscure player unrelated to David Krejci. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a common name out there in Czechia, apparently. Definitely not a brother. So Pasternak and Carlo really were the alternates, weren't they? Yeah, so oh. they did an alternate. They, they, they did like a rotating thing. Carlo was yeah, in there. Yeah, he was the main guy. And uh, him and Pasternak were the two most common, at least from what I saw on uh, uh, it was hockey reference. So, uh, yeah. Stupid. Oh, of course, Dale crazy up with uh, not real. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure you'll you'll get over it one day. Um, yeah, I'm over it already. Who cares? Yeah, there we go. Fair enough. Uh, but four for seven. There's your quiz. <laughs> Failure by me. Yeah. Valiant effort. Happens. All right. Before we go, I've pulled up this article uh, on web.archive.org. Okay. And I guess this is something from boston.com, whatever that is, from October 1st, 2010. And I'm going to read it. It says, now wait a minute. Wait one Guinness-drinking leprechaun-loving minute. Sean Thornton wasn't the Bruins' only Irishman in residence as they unpacked their bags here yesterday for practice, only hours after their charter flight from Boston touched down at the local airport. Let us not forget Patrice Bergeron-Cleary, number 37 <laughs> in the program. Yep. Whose father is only a couple of generations removed from this neck of the Emerald Isle. Oh, yeah, mused the Bruins' humble center, cooling down after the squad's afternoon workout at Odyssey Arena. I should be Patrice Cleary. 
And then, after a very short pause, he added, Not should be. I am Patrice Cleary. Actually, the 25-year-old center, as noted in the club's just-off-the-press's media guide, is officially Patrice Bergeron Cleary. As he made his way through youth hockey in his home province of Quebec, as he has explained many times over the years, his name typically was truncated for simplicity's sake. When in French Canada, do as French Canadians do, and therefore Bergeron was the name that stuck on the back of his hockey sweaters and youth hockey registration forms. His father, Gerard Cleary, hopes to forward Patrice info... Wait, what? His father, Gerard Cleary, hopes to forward Patrice info in the next day, informing him exactly where, where the Cleary clan grew up around here. Ah. He knows it's in the Belfast area, said Bergeron, but he's not sure exactly where. He's going to let me know. I'd like to go visit before we leave. I don't know if there will be enough time, but I know he still has family here and I'd like to go. Uh, meanwhile, Thornton's ties are easier to track down. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's actually, yep. yeah, this is um, basically, I went on Bergeron's Wikipedia and went on the little article reference to Patrice Bergeron's name being Bergeron Cleary. And this is where it brought me. There we go. Repute, reputed source. I don't even remember what site you're on. Um, I'm on web. It's like, I think somehow an archive of boston.com. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. this is from the Boston Globe, written by Kevin Paul Dupont on October first, twenty ten, in the Boston Globe. There we go. So we trust that, and uh, there's your fun fact of the day. Um, wow, yeah. articles in newspapers are just really boringly written, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, people. I think people are just trying to get through their day. The writers are, you know, for for fluff pieces like this. They just this is bang such it a fluff piece, and submit it, and that's that's it. Move on to the next one. Clock in, clock out. A1. All right. Well, on that note, thanks for listening to Fusion and Hockey Podcast. As I mentioned last week, uh, we'll be taking a couple weeks off because I'll be away. Um, at least two. Uh, possibly three, though, because the beginning of September is going to be extremely busy for me as I am uh, moving and starting the school semester and uh, performing in a show all within a short span of time. So... Wish me luck on that. It might be a little while before you hear from us again. So uh, if you miss us, just listen to this episode again. You can follow us on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast, Twitter at Alex and New Handle, at Tai Seifu. You can tell your friends and family about how great we are at podcasting. And you can uh, craft your own parody statement of Antonio Brown's quote.